welcome to episode 30 of the BCF ORG podcast, The Business of Business. I'm Brian Fisher. In the previous episode, 29, we discussed setting your company vision. This podcast series focuses on the various subjects and topics to help you run a successful, profitable business. They're approximately 10 to 15 minutes long, so you can listen while commuting. Hopefully, you'll find one or two takeaways to implement per episode. In today's episode 30, our guest is Sam Richter of SBR Worldwide out of the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Sam is a Hall of Fame business and sales keynote speaker, best-selling author, leading authority on sales intelligence, digital reputation management expert, and addresses custom search, sales, and prospecting technologies. At meetings, meeting planners, executive leaders, and sales professionals need two things for today's events. Wow power for their audiences and extraordinary value. Attendees want ideas they can take back to the office that will measurably make a difference in their businesses and lives. They need tools that allow them to make more money by finding the right leads, prospecting, at the right time, sales triggers, and with the right message, relevancy. That's what Sam brings to the stage. Organizations of all sizes and every industry call on Sam to bring solutions they can't find anywhere else. Attendees report that they use his strategies to get in front of previously unattainable prospects, differentiate from the competition, provide more relevant value, and close more deals. Organizations hire Sam because he's in the National Speaker Hall of Fame, a top 50 sales keynote speaker, a top 15 highest rated speakers for virtual events, a top 25 most influential sales leaders. He's in the Minnesota Speakers Hall of Fame, a certified speaking professional. He has a best-selling book that was awarded Sales Book of the Year. He's an Inc. Magazine Entrepreneur of the Year finalist, a Business Journal 40 Under 40 inductee, and a recipient of many high-level awards for sales, marketing, and technology. What Sam teaches is the very unique yet incredibly important part of any sales process, sales intelligence. Now, let's welcome Sam Richter. Hey, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be with you today. Sam, I'm always interested in people's stories. Uh-huh. How did you become a Hall of Fame business and sales keynote speaker and best-selling author? Uh, by chance, I think. Uh, I actually am a, a fairly severe introvert, so I was a journalism major in college in the advertising world, and, and I wanted to become a copywriter, basically live in a closet and write ad copy all day. Well, fast forward a little bit, I uh, became a creative director, and as a creative director, you have to go out and sell. And I started to go out and sell, but I was terrified, so I learned that if I would ask questions of people and really learn about companies and individuals before I walked in the room. Now, this was way before the internet. Well, then I could ask them questions. Uh, and well, fast forward, I started to ask really good questions in the sales process. It, it eventually started closing a lot of deals. Now, I'd love to tell you I was asking the questions because uh, I was some super secret, amazing salesperson. But the reality is, I, selfishly, I knew if I asked questions, I didn't have to talk, which was kind of my goal. But I learned that if you ask questions, you could close more deals. Well, fast forward, the internet comes out and, and a lot of what I would ask uh, the receptionist or you know, customers, whomever it might be, I realized you know, I could 
learn all this before I even walk in the room. I can use search engines and fast forward a little bit more and kind of became an expert at this and developed my own search tools. And, uh, you know, people said, you know, where's your book? So I wrote a book, went and printed it at Kinko's, self-bound it, sold it for 20 bucks. It cost me $10. I was like, that's a pretty good model. And then eventually I just decided I'll go self-publish and print a book. And a few hundred thousand copies later, people are like, hey, we'll pay you to speak. Okay. And, uh, you know, fast forward a few more years and today here we are. You know, I speak about a hundred times a year, about now virtually, but getting back in person, developed a number of technologies that automate what I teach. And it was never in the plan, I'll tell you that. I love it. I just love uh, listening to people's stories of how, uh-huh. uh, of how we get to where we are today. It's always very, very fascinating. Uh, I know you do a lot with Google. Uh, what are some Google search tricks and invisible websites that 99% of us have no clue exist sure. and can help you find the right information the first time every time? Well, you, Google's an awesome tool, obviously. Most search engines are. Uh, Google, though, and most search engines, they're, they're not. They're, Google's business is not the search business. They're in the ad business. So they obviously have to make it work. They have to help you find what you want. But if you stumble or surf a little bit and have to click on an ad, well, that's not a bad thing either. So there's a term called Boolean logic, which was actually created, if you will, back in the 19th century, obviously way before the internet existed. And these are the terms that if you enter into Google, you can actually really refine your results. So just a couple of simple ones. Let's say I pull up a result on uh, Brian Fisher and I'm searching for Brian Fisher but I'm getting a lot of results on Brian Smith and, and Jeff Fisher. Well, I don't want that. Well, I, to, to limit my search just to you, I might put Brian Fisher within quotation marks. When you put a proper noun within quotation marks, name of a person, name of a company, you're telling any search engine, those words must be treated as a single entity. And so I'll really laser focus down and get my results. Now, let's say that uh, Brian Fisher was a famous uh, football player, as an example. And every time I type in Brian Fisher, I'm getting the football player. Well, I don't want the football player. I'm going to use the minus sign. So I'll look at the results. I'll say, well, I don't want any results with the word football in it. So I'm going to go right back up. And the trick is to attach a minus sign to the, to the letter F in football. So I want to remove football. Attach the minus sign. No space after the minus sign. Attach the minus sign to the F. And Google will remove all of the results. So here's every result with the phrase Brian Fisher in it, because I put it in quotes, but none of those will have the word football in it. And you can add is you know up to about 30 minus signs as you want in any search, meaning you can start out with a super broad search term, drill down the information you care about. So that's kind of a, some Google search techniques. Now you ask about the invisible web. The invisible web are websites that for whatever reason, Google can't index. Uh, meaning they can't put in their search results. And there's lots of reasons why Google can't index. Maybe it's behind a firewall, uh, behind a, a password, a username and password. And so knowing about some of these sites, sites like LinkedIn, obviously, sites like Facebook, sites like the listeners are probably never heard of, sites like yougotthenews.com, which is an incredibly powerful news search engine, or yougotresearch.com, Y-O-U-G-O-T research or Y-O-U-G-O-T-T-H-E, news.com you got the news, you got research, sites that, that are not going to be uh, indexed by Google, but have really powerful engines themselves that allow you to find research or allow you to find news. So those would be examples of the invisible web. We're speaking with Sam Richter. 
You mentioned about LinkedIn, uh, but in addition to Google, uh, how do you search LinkedIn like a pro to identify the exact decision makers you want to reach and find their contact information? Well, LinkedIn searching is just kind of like Google searching, using those same Boolean techniques. So for example, if I want to find uh, CEOs or chief executives in the LinkedIn search bar, I'm going to type in CEO. Now here's the trick, space or, or in all uppercase, and then another space, chief executive, chief executive in quotation marks. So let's walk through that. I'm saying LinkedIn, you must find me the word CEO, space, or when you put something within an or, you're telling the search engine, any search engine, give me this or give me that. So you're expanding your results. Some people call themselves CEOs. Some people call themselves chief executives. So CEO or space or, or in all uppercase space, chief executive, put that in quotes, run your search, click the people button on the results tab, and you'll have, I don't know what the exact number would be today, but let's call it 15 million results. Well, that's a lot to get through. On the results page of LinkedIn, look over on the right side, you'll see a button called all filters. If you click on that, you can now sort by location. You can choose a city. You can sort by industry. So I'm going to choose, let's say, manufacturing Dallas. When I do that, then I apply filters. There'll be a button that says uh, uh, click to apply filters. I do that. Now I'm going to have all CEOs or chief executives in Dallas in the industry that I've chosen, healthcare, manufacturing, whatever it might be. So real simple tips that will get you from hundreds of thousands of results to maybe the 30, 40 that you care about. When we started off, uh, you mentioned about asking questions in the sales process. What are some techniques for leveraging information to ask challenging questions, engage with decision makers, and differentiate yourself from your competition? Well, that's a great question. And you know, it's kind of amazing to me that in a world where theoretically every piece of information ever written, produced in history, we can pull up on a mobile device in about five seconds, right? But yet salespeople, unfortunately, many of them, to be blunt, they're lazy. They don't do their homework. And so they'll walk in, most salespeople, you know, for me. So as an example, I'm a best-selling author, a Hall of Fame speaker. Probably get a dozen messages a week Sam, as a professional speaker, have you ever thought about turning your intellectual property into a book? It's like, just go to my website. Just look at my LinkedIn. It says right there, best-selling author. So the bar, I guess for most sales, the good news is the bar is so low. So all we have to do is do a little bit of homework, you know, learn a little bit about the other person. Because we have to remember that in sales, it's not about you. It's about them. Your prospects do not care. That you've been in, you know, your company's been in business for 36 years. You're family owned. You've won all these awards. They don't care, but they massively care about themselves. So find an article about your prospect, about their company, about their industry, about their competition, and make sure the first words out of your mouth are about the other person. When you do that, you gain permission then to ask those more challenging questions. You know, many people have read sales books and, and they walk into these sales meetings or they'll have a Zoom call and they'll say something like, you know, hey, Brian, what's keeping you up at night? Come on. Are you really going to answer that? But if I say, hey, Brian, you know, I was listening to some of your podcasts. Wow, you're really cool. You've, you know, you went to Harvard in the automation industry for all these years. Oh, you have AHDT. I, I used to be, you know, a speaker. Now, all of a sudden, we're talking about things that you care about. When it's time to talk about me, now I can ask, I've gained permission to ask questions because I've built that relationship and I show that I care about you. It's not difficult, but the good news is the bar is so low, most people don't do it. 
if you do a little bit of homework, you're really going to differentiate from the competition. It just, it always amazes me how many people miss that step in the sales process, because it's not about us. It's about the customer. Absolutely. And, and what we bring to them. It's just amazing how many people drop right into the feature function benefit of a product or yes. even ask what it, what it is they need. There, if you think about any sale that's ever occurred, it only occurs when two things happen. One, when the buyer has a need, they, they've got something going on in their life that they'd like somebody else to, or some other product to help them do it more efficiently, effectively, profitably than they might be able to do on their own. And then you as the seller, well, do you have proven expertise in helping people just like the prospect solve their goals a little bit profitably, a little bit more efficiently, a little bit more effectively than they could do on their own? I don't care if you're buying a lawnmower, if you're buying a commodity off of Amazon or a super complex product like a robotics automation logistics system, the sale never occurs unless those two circles, if you will, interact. What do you solve? And does what you solve, is it something that the other person needs? We're speaking with Sam Richter. Uh, Sam, we have more ways to communicate than any time in history. How can you make sure that you leave a positive impact on your personal and your company brand? Well, you know, the, the key here is, is, you know, we've been talking a little bit about searching on other people, searching on your prospects. The reality is, is what's the likelihood that a prospect is going to search on you? Not just your company, but even the salesperson. The answer is probably down close to 100%. And so you need to make sure that you're not sabotaging your own opportunities before you even walk in the room. I like to say, if, if you're a salesperson, if you're a business, and if you've ever heard from a prospect, we decided to go in a different direction. Well, it might, it might be true. Maybe they just decided to go in a different direction. Or maybe they learned something about you that they're, they just don't want to do business with you. Simple things. I mean, the obvious things. Don't do silly things on social media. Don't post about politics because you got to remember in today's world, 51% or 49% of your prospects, depending on where you live, disagree with you. Now, some people might say, no, I say, I'm going to post to all the politics I want. I only want to do business with people that believe in the same things I do. Fine. At least do it thoughtfully. That's my point is do it thoughtfully. Uh, other things, you know, the big thing I look at, you know, there's so many online reviews today. Make sure you're going to have negative reviews. If you've been in business long enough, somebody's not going to be happy. It's not the negative reviews that most people care about. It's how you respond to those negative reviews. Don't blame it on the customer. Even if it's the customer's fault, it's really ultimately your fault because obviously you didn't communicate effectively to that customer. So even say that. Don't ever say, well, it's the customer's fault. Say, you know what? I didn't do a good enough job communicating to the customer. That's why there was a misunderstanding. So the ability to, to take responsibility, hold yourself account, accountable, fixing what occurred, that's what I want to read in a negative review. I want to see your response to the negative review. I don't really care about the negative review. I'm more interested in your response. Sam, is there anything that I've not asked you that you'd like to add? Well, yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, I think uh, uh, I mentioned all these different techniques and they get a little bit complex. I mean, if, you, if you'd like to learn how to manually do it, I have a 328 page book that you can read. Uh, or I've actually created some, some very industry specific search engines, if you will, that automate a lot of what I teach. And, and people can learn about those at Intel Engine. And it's spelled a little bit weird. It's, it's N-G-I-N. So Intel, I-N-T-E-L, 
N-G-I-N, IntelEngine.com, where I've got a whole catalog of different search engines that automate this whole concept called sales intelligence. Well, how can people get in contact with you, Sam? Well, pretty easy. I mean, if, if you couldn't do it this way, don't listen to anything I've said today. Just go into Google and type in my name, Sam Richter, R-I-C-H-T-E-R. And of course, my website is samrichter.com, S-A-M-R-I-C-H-T-E-R.com. And all of my contact information is right out there. So really easy to find me. Thank you very much for joining us today, Sam. Hey, thank you very much. It was great. I love your show and it's really honored to be a part of it. Thank you. My sincere thanks to Sam for being our guest. Managing the performance of your company is one of the most important things you do as a leader. This podcast is on over 20 directories. Subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcast. And feel free to share this podcast with people who you think may benefit. A strong rating of these podcasts would be appreciated. If you would like to reach out to me with any questions, comments, ideas, or potentially be a guest like Sam, please go to bcforg.com. There's a red Contact Us button in the middle of the homepage. A LinkedIn symbol is on the upper right. Click on that if you'd like to see my profile. All the podcasts are available by clicking on the website podcast page in the reference bar. These podcasts will be released the first and third Tuesday each month. In the next episode, 31, our guest will be Donnie Boyvin of Success Champion Networking. In business, running a successful, profitable business is the ultimate scorecard. You're never done and can always be better. It tends to be more fun and work, frustrating at times, but can be very rewarding. From BCF ORG Corp., I'm Brian Fisher, wishing you the best. Thanks. Thanks.